Welcome back to the 10 Blocks Podcast. This is Brian Anderson, the editor of City Journal. Joining me on today's show is Kay Heimowitz. She's a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute, a longtime contributing editor of City Journal, and the author most recently of the essay, Dr. Biden's Lesson. Uh, This is a feature in the summer print edition of the quarterly magazine, and you can find it online. Uh, Kay, thanks as always for joining us on 10 Blocks. And as always, happy to be here. Um, Your story begins with the um, controversy ignited by a Wall Street Journal column by Joseph Epstein about First Lady Jill Biden's education degree. This was uh, one of those uh, controversies that have been, you know, flaring up every few days. Uh, This was some months ago. Uh, Biden holds a doctorate in education, and she prefers to go by Dr. Biden. Joseph Epstein wrote this column, poking fun at that nomenclature, arguing that only those holding a medical degree should insist on being called doctor. This struck a nerve, as I mentioned. Lots of outrage ensued. But while that was, you know, just another one of these ephemeral media freakouts, you you wrote in your essay that was actually a revealing controversy, uh, that, as you write, the First Lady's education degree epitomizes today's rampant degree inflation and meritocratic jockeying. Now, that's a pretty pretty powerful uh, statement. Can you explain what you mean by it? And, you know, try to give give listeners uh, a short version of the argument. So the argument is that, um, well, to start with with Dr. Biden, that uh, she already had two master's degrees before she got her ED, which is sort of a, a doctorate, a PhD, um, in education. And um, we can get to the question of ed schools if we want later. But um, what was striking to me was that uh, nobody was questioning whether these degrees were useful, whether they ha- uh, were uh, really signified any expertise at all. Uh, yet here she was um, at somebody that we were supposed to admire for her perseverance and grit and expertise um, had spent all this time and money uh, just uh, uh, piling on degrees. Uh, And when I looked into it more deeply, I found, to my surprise, that in fact, master's degree is is faster growing than the BA at this point. Uh, and uh, PhDs also are uh, they're rarer by far than the masters, but they're uh, growing uh, at great rate too. <clears throat> um, and as I started to look more deeply into it, I realized that there had been an arms race, a degree arms race going on in higher education. Uh, that was very, very damaging, not only to the students who were accruing debt uh, to get those degrees, but to the people who might have had their sights on moving up uh, into better jobs by getting degrees, uh, but who couldn't afford it. Uh, so it, it uh, I argue in the piece that it intensifies the class divide, this arms race, 
in addition to uh, uh, adding to student debt. One, one fact that I was very struck by was that student debt, which is, you know, is a major policy question now, um, is actually um, in many ways more of a graduate student problem than it is an undergrad problem. About 19% of, uh, of the, of the uh, uh, borrowers are graduate, grad students, but they account for 40% of the loan debt. So that'll give you an idea of, uh, of just how much money they're taking out and, uh, and often having a lot of trouble paying back. What about the people who aren't obtaining these degrees? How is this degree inflation affecting their circumstances? Well, like I said, um, if you have somebody who would like to go to college, maybe, um, maybe they're starting in uh, community college, and they look uh, they look ahead, um, and they see that not only uh, is it going to be very difficult for them to attain a uh, four year degree, but that their aspirations might involve a, another degree after that, and I think it's very demoralizing for people who are trying to just make a life with a decent job uh, if they just see what they see ahead of them is just more and more schooling, more and more opportunity costs as they sit in a classroom when they could be helping their families or, or uh, uh, becoming familiar with a company uh, in, a in, a, in a job, low-level job. Uh, and I, I think that they just sort of give up. Like, that, that, I'll never be able to achieve that. So um, it becomes more and more of a fantasy to think of really achieving at an academic, in an academic way. Yeah, this is a story about public policy, but it's also about the behavior of universities and employers. So why have elite institutions, universities like Harvard or Columbia, but also many businesses created these kind of uh, expensive postgraduate initiatives? that offer, you know, their entrance seemingly dubious value in many cases. You know, why do employers go along with this if the quality of the instruction of the programs is often mediocre, which it is? And, and you know, what choices have policy policymakers made that have really um, added, you know, incentives to this trend or incentivized yeah. this Yeah, trend? I describe it as a toxic feedback loop between the students, um, faculty, the schools, um, and employers. What, what happened was that um, the uh, schools were having, as they always do, a lot of universities and colleges were having um, uh, financial problems. So they have to figure out ways to make more money. And meanwhile, they've raised tuition beyond what's, what's uh, decent already. And they don't, they're trying not to do that. I don't usually succeed. But uh, so they saw in the master's degree um, programs a, a quick, money, uh, you know, an easy moneymaker. Um, the reasons are varied. One of them is that um, master's students don't tend to need a lot of uh, housing. So the infrastructure required to 
take care of them, to educate them and, uh, ha- and uh, give them room and board is, uh, costs much less. Um, in addition, there, many of them actually do their degrees online. I've forgotten the exact uh, percentage on it, but it's, it's high. It's already high. And I assume post-COVID, it'll go higher. So a lot of these students never actually meet um, their professors or their uh, fellow students in person uh, ever. Uh, they just take the classes online. But that's a very good deal for the colleges. And there's another fact. Uh, this is a policy issue. Uh, and that is that graduate students are allowed to take out much higher loans than undergraduate students. Uh, in fact, there are really no um, limits to what they can borrow. So that means that the, uh, the colleges and universities can sell their programs as giving them uh, higher, as give, giving students higher incomes in the future if they just take out some loans now and it would be worth it because their incomes will be so much higher. So that's what happened on the, on the college. And I should add the colleges and universities really became kind of marketing shops. I mean, they tried, you know, would try to figure out the um, more and more jazzy offerings to uh, put in their catalog and to lure new students into their master's programs. And I have a list of program of uh, uh, degrees that you can get that are kind of astounding that people would take out loans, but you can, you know, for instance, go to the University of Connecticut and get a master's degree in puppetry. Well, good luck paying that one back. Right. Yes. Uh, there's another one. Uh, I think this is the University of Arizona has a uh, master's in the racetrack industry. Um, all you know, all of these things um, are, are are dreamt up by um, by uh, administrators trying to figure out how they can get more of those tuition dollars, more of those loan dollars into their uh, coffers. And so that's one piece of this. The other piece is the employers. What's happened with this uh, degree arms race is that um, you know it's made employers look ever higher uh, in their in the ways that they determine who they want to hire. So uh, if you have a bunch of people who are applying for a job at your company and they all have BAs, which more and more people do, although it's still only about 36% of the population over 25, um, if you have a, a group that you can select um, from just college students, BA, or rather uh, bachelor's degrees, uh, that is nice. But how about if one person or two of the people who are applying have a master's? Well, that looks even better, doesn't it? So it uh, makes people look twice. It sets you apart. Uh, for, it sets a student apart from other students. As the B, as more and more people have gotten a bachelor's, it's made the degree seem kind of yawn-worthy, you know, no big deal. It's sort of de minimis. So the master's becomes a way to distinguish yourself, and uh, employers fall for it, despite the fact that they often have to pay more uh, for the master's. I think it's also um, partly personnel offices 
or rather admissions offices uh, or personnel offices in, in these companies who are um, just trying to, you know, trying to make the job a little bit more efficient. They look and they see what are their degrees? What is their education? Um, they do that similarly with the uh, brand name of the university and colleges. So that so both the employer and the colleges are 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 playing footsie with each other on this. Yeah, this negative feedback loop or vicious circle that you describe, how how can we think about breaking it? Is this a problem that can be fixed on a policy level, or is it up to the university administrations, the corporate boardroom? You know, what what steps should be taken to create a kind of healthier uh, labor market? that would value degrees correctly? Well, I have one, uh, one thought in particular on that, um, and that is it, to start with the community colleges. Well, actually, I'd like to start with kindergarten through 12, but we'll put that aside. Uh, the community colleges, uh, I think a lot of us imagine, at least I did before I looked into this, that the community colleges are really more vocational uh, schools, um, but in fact, most of the people who are going to community colleges are hoping to go into to transfer into a four year college. It's, some, it's something like eighty percent are planning to go to four year. Now, a minuscule number of those people who go to the community college will uh, actually graduate from college. Why not? Uh, instead of orienting the community colleges towards people who think they need to get this four-year degree, much to, much more towards the vocational uh, end of things, and to work closely with local businesses and companies to figure out what the needs are and to ensure the uh, to make it more likely, at any rate, that students will be ready, job ready when they go through their several years of training in the uh, community colleges. And that, if that happened and it was well done, I think it would take some of the pressure off the whole arms race because people would see an alternative path. People who maybe shouldn't be going to college to begin with or or really uh, don't like sitting in a classroom for four years, to begin with, I think it gives another opportunity and may take some of the pressure off. The larger issue, I think, Brian, is, is cultural. And that, and it's just that we have to get out of the mindset that college education reflects skill level. Uh, it doesn't always. Well, thanks very much, Kay. The essay is called Dr. Biden's Lesson. It's in our brand new summer issue. You can find that and other work by Kay Heimowitz on the City Journal website, www.city-journal.org. We'll link to her author page in the description. You can also find City Journal on Twitter, at City Journal, and on Instagram, at City Journal underscore MI. And Kay, what is, what is your Twitter handle? Kay Heimowitz, at Kay Heimowitz, K-A-Y, and my last name. Yes, she's a, she is a frequent uh, tweeter, so uh, good good person to follow. And as always, if you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a ratings on iTunes. Thanks again, Kay, as always. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for joining us for the weekly 10 Blocks podcast featuring urban policy and cultural commentary with City Journal editors, contributors, and special guests.